Hey, Nick, how's it going? Oh, pretty good. How are you, Brandon? I'm doing fantastic. I had a question for you. I was wondering, have you had any interesting hotel experiences in your time here on uh, Earth? Yes. Yeah, I actually recently, at the time of recording this last week, I was at a hotel in a place, and I did not want to be in the place. Um, but they were very weird about the hotel. And um, they were like, hey, just so you know, like housekeeping is not going to come to your room unless you call. And you're like, okay, cool. Good to know. So it's like 8 a.m. and we're packing up, getting ready. Checkout's at 11, but I'm in a different time zone. So the, their 8 is like my 10. So we're like up and ready to go. And we get a knock on the door. And we're like, oh, interesting. Must be housekeeping. But we were both changing at the time. <laughs> so we were both very naked. <laughs> and I was like, uh, we're, we're still in here. And we hear security. And we're like, oh, okay. Um, give us just a moment. We are not dressed. So contrast very quickly. Open the door. And there's a very nice security guard standing there. And he's like, hey, did you call about the bite marks? And we're like, uh, <laughs> what? Did, you called you called security? No, no, we did <laughs> we did not call security. He's like, uh, and he like gets into his mic. He's like, hey, you said this this room number, right? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, are you sure there weren't any bite marks? And we're like, we. I was like, we just like showered and are changing. Like I, we did not call anybody. Like we have not been out of the room. Like I don't know. Like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Have a good day. And I was like, okay, thank you, I guess. And shut the door. So we're all like, our adrenaline's like pumping from that. And we're like, okay, whatever. And then like 30 minutes later, we get another knock on the door. And we're like, I swear. And they're like, housekeeping. <laughs> it's like, you said <laughs> you wouldn't come unless we call. It's like 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> There's not a chance that you found out about what the bite marks were, yeah. There's not. Damn There's it. not. Dang. It is a huge hotel. So, what could that mean? That would mean that they probably. What could that mean? What could that? That has to mean that somebody, that somebody bites somebody. Is that how that works? That's not how you say or, that, though. <laughs> right. Are you or like somebody you... saw bite marks on someone else, so they called security because they were concerned? I don't know. Officer, officer, this man has a gunshot wound on him. <laughs> right. Somebody help. You don't know what could have caused it. Where, what could have this been? <laughs> uh, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry that you were, that you were, that, that, that's never, I don't like security showing up at any point especially or they should say at least not requested it's terrifying um yeah because it's very interesting because they kind of automate their checkout process where they like mm -hmm. send you a text 
Um, but like checkout was until 11 and we were getting texts starting at like 7 a.m. That's like, don't forget to check out. Don't forget to check out. Don't forget to check out. So we're like, kind of feels like they're just trying to get us to leave early. Mm. I know I've had, I've had the, the room service pop in before when you're like not wanting them. I just, this was like when I was much, much younger, uh, mm-hmm. cousin and my were cousin of mine and I were sharing a hotel room, uh, like adjacent to our parents. And, um, I just remember like they knocked super early and they're like housekeeping and we were like, no. And like, I guess we just didn't say it loud enough and they just like barged in and you know, like the darkness of the yeah. room. We we're like, no, get out of here. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that. That's I always do. Do not disturb. I, I don't know. I always hang it and just perpetually. Yeah. Well, the weird thing about this one was like, it wasn't like a do not disturb. It said like we are refusing housekeeping services, and so it was just like ah, it was weird to... because you also said that we had to call for housekeeping services. Mm. So like it didn't seem like something we had to worry about, <laughs> but apparently we were wrong. Interesting, because hmm. they asked us on check in. They're like, "Do you want housekeeping to come?" And we were like, "No, it's fine. Like we're only going to be here for a night." Right. No, thank you. So it was like, why are they here? <laughs> Weird. I, I, my, my hotel story is not as uh, traumatic, but you and I went and went to a convention in Broken Arrow. Is it Broken Arrow or was it Broken Bow? Broken Bow. Broken. We bow. kept saying Broken Arrow, but it was Broken Bow. <laughs> That's right. Went to a gaming convention there uh, a few moons ago, and um, uh. I don't know what's what's the what's the parlance to describe what 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 took took place. What would you? Well, I can cut this out. Let me let me say this. Are, are we talking about ingesting things or or not? Yeah, just say okay. we were under the influence. We were of under something. the influence of something. Um, I just I was like that. Was, I realized I was like I should clear that before we started the story. We were under the influence, no, and um, it had set in pretty severely like like it was like <laughs> nothing and then you and I were just like gone and yeah. um I we had to uh make a long trip out to a car and then back to the hotel room and then we were like we need I think beverages specifically right it was beverages yeah we specifically were like we have to have ginger ale or oh, we will right. die <laughs> so we made our way down to the lobby and um again pretty inebriated and mm-hmm. couldn't open the the sliding door to the cooler and i just yeah the the concierge came out looking like um nosferatu's like <laughs> like like brother like and just in terms like of hipster brother yeah and just like snuck around from nowhere and he's like looks like this door has gone off the rails and I think you and I, and he like looked into a non-existent camera. <laughs> swear, Swan to John, he 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 like winked, and like we could hear like the billowing music start to play, and yes. um, I thought I, I kind of freaked out a little bit because I was just saying billowing music, and I started to hear that siren go. I was like, "What is happening?" Um, no, uh, yeah, we made our way back to the hotel room, and I think died of laughter from from Nosferatu and his concierge yeah we were both like did that actually happen because like we did not want anyone to know what was happening to us (laughs) so like the whole time we were down there we were just like 
yeah, just these ginger ales. Okay, thank you. And like, did not say a word back up to our room. And then we were like, that really happened, right? Like, he said that. This is still Earth. No, it was, that was, (gasps) that was fun. Um, Hello, everybody. Uh, This is clearly based on those conversations. This is uh, 2D or not 2D, uh, an animated movie podcast where Nick and I talk about movies. And I'm Brandon. And I'm aforementioned Nick. And it is the month of uh, November of 2022 in terms of scheduling. And guess what's in November? Uh, 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 it's uh, uh, Thanksgiving. And actually, actually, Brandon, it's, it's my best friend's birthday. Voting. Oh, yeah. No, that too. Um, uh, yeah, no, it's my birthday. It's my birthday month. Uh Coming up, gonna be the gonna be twenty eight. Excited. Um, my cat has something. What do you have? I, hold on one second. I'm sorry. What is? Hold yeah, on. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Oh God. Is this is a, a good time to practice my type five. Um, <clears throat> so. What do you guys think about? I fully, I fully expected to know what this was by the time I picked it up, and I, I still don't know what it is. Oh no! If you can see, it's this like little leather band. Hmm. I got a belt recently. Maybe that was it. Oh, maybe it was like an extra loop or something. Anyway, it's my birthday this month. Um, Yay! So that's coming up. Um, but that also means that we did a movie that I picked. Uh, I picked Anomalisa. Um, you did. Written and directed by Charlie Kaufman, also directed by Duke Johnson. Duke. 20, Duke, 2015. I gotta ask, Nick. <laughs> I thought about you when I watched this movie, obviously, and I thought about mm. how you had mentioned that there was a possibility that you were <laughs> gonna watch this on an airplane. Did that end up happening? <laughs> It did not. Okay. <laughs> I got I... it. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, because, you know, we had to rent the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know if I could download a rented movie. Mm. So I, I didn't have time to figure that out before I got on the plane. So, yeah. And when I was at my destination, my signal sucked so bad the whole time we were there. So downloading a movie was not going to happen. So, Gotcha. I I just, I thought about, again, like last month, I was like, this movie may, I, should I reach out to Nick? But it was specifically for the fact that I was, a, I, I had a moment, I was like, I should be like, don't watch this on an airplane. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then I had a thought and like, I, I mean, I hope this is okay, but I was like, you know, sometimes... <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I just roll the dice. Like if it happens, like I, I kind of, like I wouldn't have wanted anything embarrassing to happen to you, but for, for context, this movie has some pretty adult scenes in it. Um, It is not for kids, not for kids. Also not for play. Yeah. Not for a lot of places. (laughs) So I hope it's okay. I somewhat gambled. I feel like with your, your comfortability in terms of, Oh no, you are totally, you're totally fine. Okay, good. No, no warning needed. <laughs> just it's, an, it's all good. I mean, I again only specifically with the plane. I knew you could handle this movie. I just like, yes, yes. 
to be like, hey, make sure if you do watch this, you got like a window seat with Ty next to you and nobody behind you or something. Um, yeah. Uh, but it's anyway. all good. It, w- it would have been fine. It would have. We would have. We would have survived. Um, yeah. Before we hop into the movie, though, what else have you been watching here recently? Oh, man. Uh, I finished my K-drama of, of Best Lover. It was a short one, um, so it was really good. Well, it was good. It wasn't, like, really good, but it was good. Um, and then I started a new one. What is the name of it? It's called Put My Head on Your Shoulder or Put Your Head on My Shoulder. <laughs> and it's been pretty cute so far. Um, and then there is an anomaly happening <laughs> because I have been watching and keeping up with Chainsaw Man. Mm. Uh I don't keep up with current animes, but I was really excited about this one because I have read the manga um, and I have a streaming service that it comes on. So and I don't have to like pay anything extra for it. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to watch this every Tuesday night. So been watching that and it's really good. It's really well done and I love it. But that's pretty much it. Been pretty busy, so I haven't had a ton of time to watch stuff. Nice. Chainsaw Man. Mm. Oh, uh, I was just gonna say Chainsaw Man. Like, I don't know anything about it. I just know that 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 phrase is being passed around a lot at a, at the time of this recording is Chainsaw Man. Yes. Um, and so I, I, I is it is it about a man with a chainsaw for a head? Am I right? Um, kind. You're kind of right. Technically, technically, sometimes he has chainsaw head. I, I enjoyed how coy you were for that following sentence. <laughs> like, well, I mean, sometimes he does have a giant blade <laughs> for a head. Well, it's just, it's like, how much do we want to get into me explaining what Chainsaw sure. Man is, is all. I understand. No, I understand. Yeah. Um, I have been watching not a lot for the first time in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, I've watched a handful of stuff. I watched a scary movie called The Deep House, and <gasps> it's about a house underwater. It's deep. It, oh, you're not it wrong. Deep. It do be deep. Um, that was pretty funny. I did not like it. Um, <laughs> oh, no. It was, I have a theory that somebody made some camera equipment that could go underwater, and they said, Oh, beans, we got to make a movie about this. <laughs> and it's got to be spooky. And we'll make it spooky. And then we'll say we did the dang thing. That's mean. Yeah. Hats off to them. They really did shoot the whole thing underwater. Um, nice. I don't know. Have I talked about we're all going to the World's Fair? I don't think so. Uh, I've watched twice now a film called We're All Going to the World's Fair. It is a uh, horror film that came out last year uh, by Jane Schoenbron. Um, and uh, kind of caught fire is like a, like a little indie type of sleeper kind of thing, you know, like, um, it, uh, it's an analog horror film kind of like almost found footage style type of thing. Um, but really taps into how scary of a place the internet can be. And, um, it's not a horror film in the way that like, Blair Witch or anything spooky like that. Like it's more like, oh, yeah, the world's a scary place. Um, <laughs> kind of horror mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Um, 
but I watched it twice now and like, I kind of like, I liked it the first time, but I was kind of, eh, and then Donna really wanted to watch it. And so we, I watched it again. And then the second time it really kind of landed for me. Um, so if you, yeah, I love when that happens. Yeah. If you have, if you want to want a different kind of horror experience, I recommend it's on HBO max right now. Um, and, uh, just as a side note, uh, one of the t-shirts that the main character wears, uh, is for a band called Snailmate, which back in the days, hey, hey what back in the days when I, uh, well, I played in the band, uh, I, we got <laughs> to play with and open for Snailmate a couple times. Um, and so cool. they're just cool peeps and, and, uh, that was, it was neat. It was like, I was like, uh, that Leo Dio meme where he's pointing at the TV. I was like, there, there he is. There, that's the, that's the snowman. Snailmate. Snailmate also it. knew about this, by the way. They were very excited for it as well. Um, Heck yeah. Um, but that's really been it. I, I, I mean, I've been watching a handful of short films, but that's that's watching, not really reading a lot. Um, I guess another one, just real quick, I, I, I've been listening to, there's an album by a band called The Wonder Years called The Hum Goes On. Um, that, I think that's what it's called. Um, uh, it's been a while since like I've found a new, uh, hum goes on forever. New album mm. that I'm like by a band. I've listened to the wonder years for, Oh no, almost half my life. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and I kind of ha- haven't like heavily listened to them, but then I popped this bad boy on and I was like, uh, it made me cry. So I was just, it's very good, very good album. I was very happy with that. So yeah, those yeah. those few things um, I've enjoyed. But with that, uh, let's talk about Anomalisa. We're going to spoil this movie, uh, but it's seven years old now at this point, so get over it. Just kidding. Um, yeah. Too bad. Too You had seven years. Get <laughs> over it. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> we are going to spoil it, and I feel like this is a movie that you should not have spoiled for you if you want to watch it. So agreed. Here's your chance. Go get your popcorn. Go get a beverage. Go sit somewhere comfy. Dim the lights. Put this on, and get fucking ready. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know anything about it going in? No, not at all. Nope. I was lucky enough to also not know anything other than the fact, again, I, I really enjoy this director um, and writer. He's, uh, did you ever see Internal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? He did. Same, he wrote that. He did not direct mm-hmm. that, but he wrote that. And um, uh, But yeah, let's get into it. Let's, let's, let's talk about this dang thing. Uh, movie follows uh, Michael Stone, and it's really, it all kind of, takes place over the course of like a weekend conference. He is a customer sales representative type individual. He's written the book on how to be the best customer service guy you can be. Um, And we follow him as he lands in, um, he's in, Oh, where is he? Sin at? City. He's in Cincinnati. Cincinnati. That's right. Because I go, gotta go to the Cincinnati Zoo. <laughs> um, yes, you gotta go. It's zoo sized. It's zoo sized. Um, and oh, visually, just off the top, this is uh, stop motion like mm-hmm. puppetry. Um, uh, checks in to his hotel in Cincinnati from the UK. 
and is accosted by um, a variety of mundane interactions. I would like to describe the interaction yes, because yes. I had this epiphany, like the third interaction, because there is a man on the plane that he's sitting next to that holds his hand as they land because he has like anxiety and he's like, sorry, it's a reflex. I usually hold my hand, my wife's hand. Um, and he's like, okay, that's fine. But like, let go of me now, <laughs> now that you've recognized it. And then he has the taxi driver. who's like, oh, you got to go to the zoo. It's zoo sized. He's like, okay, I don't really care. And but the taxi driver is like really insistent. And then the guy at the front desk is very, just like very slow and like types a bunch of stuff in the computer and like doesn't look at the computer. So it's like, are you just joking with him? Like, what are you doing? And the bellhop is very overly nice and like overly friendly to him and like introduces himself like five times. He's like, hi, I'm Dennis. I'm Dennis. I'm Dennis. I'm Dennis. Um, and at that point I was like, it's like a bunch of badly written NPCs. <laughs> like <laughs> they just keep saying this stuff and no one's responding to it, but they just keep going through the loop. And it's just like, and they're like kind of talking too slow and not quite responding at the, like the right time. And specifically the bellhop was like walking way slower than um, our, our protagonist. Oh, Michael. Is it Daniel? Michael. Michael? Why did I think it was Daniel? Anyways, um, with Michael. So I was like, this is like a really bad NPC where they're like, follow me to this place. And then they walk like super slow. And your character is like, I, I'm not, I'm barely touching the joystick to like move behind you. <laughs> That's a really good way of putting it. No, it is very much like a, I mean, it's, I mean, it's legitimately painful. Like, yeah. I, I, I think that's the only way I, I mean, it, in in a very real sense of the definition, it cringe. Like I mean, yes. uh, we'll hop back to that. But that's a good. Yeah, that is a yeah. good. Imagine the especially like a tutorial level or something where the NPC is like, "I've got to teach you how to play this game." Now you're going to want to play this game, and we're going to get there at some point. And you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> get to it!" Um, everybody is acting like that, and. After getting into the hotel room, Michael calls up his wife, Donna, and uh, speaks to her and his son. And both of them are really kind of dismissive of Michael, and Michael's very despondent. And um, that call lasts a very long time and then wraps up and then uh, feels like a long time. And yeah. then, then he calls um, a uh, ex of his um, ex-girlfriend, I believe, uh, I can't remember her name. Was it Bella? Yes. Calls Bella, uh, who he had like abandoned. He had abandoned Bella. Michael had, and they kind of rekindle over the phone and she finally agrees to meet him at the hotel bar. And after kind of trying to like pick her up for the evening, she like storms off and leaves him. Um, so Michael goes back to the hotel room and oh, yes. So actually, <laughs> yes. Um, he, after that, they basically make a scene in the bar. He is, gets very drunk and he goes for a walk. 
and he ends up at an adult toy store. Oh, yeah. Um, which he mistakes for a children's toy store because his son on the phone was like, did you get me a toy? No. Okay, bye. Like, so he's trying to get his son a toy. He comes in and he's like, I need a toy for my son. And he knocks like a giant vibrating dildo off the counter. Um, and the shop keeps like, yeah, don't really have those kind of toys. And Michael's like, yeah, I think I mistook this place for something else. Um, but then he sees behind the cashier a, an antique Japanese mechanical sex doll. Um, and he's like, oh, what's that? That's really pretty. And then he goes back to the hotel room. <laughs> he does end up purchasing that. Yes, but it's not like Revealed. clear. Yeah. Like they don't actually show him purchase it. Then back in the hotel room, he starts to kind of panic and he's in the bathroom and he's looking at himself in the mirror and he starts to pull off his face. And I know that sounds like it's out of left field, but that's what happens. So he. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, I just wanted to add there was. Like, if you have a problem, like, I've known some people that have problems with claymation, like, it creeps them out. Um, if you do have a problem with claymation, this one is kind of rough because it's very, very realistic. But they all have, like, lines on their face where their expressions can be snapped on and off. But they don't edit those out. So all the characters have, like, lines across, like, their eyes and then, like, around their jawline. So this is kind of what he starts picking at, basically. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I want to talk more about how everything looks in this. Um, but let, let's, I wanna, yeah, oh, um, <laughs> he starts picking at that. He panics. He runs out into the hall. Oh, he hears knocking at the door, at his door, and or he hears like a voice. Something leads him he, out. Into he the hears hall. a. He hears people talking in the hallway. Runs out into the hall and starts knocking on random doors until he winds up at a um, random. A hotel room with uh, two women, one named Emily and one named uh, Lisa. And they both know Michael uh, and are huge fans. Um, embarrassingly huge fans. Like, they are head over heels for this customer service person. Um, and after some flirting, they agree to go have drinks at the bar and end up getting uh, pretty inebriated. And then heading back to the hotel room, Michael invites Lisa into the hotel room. And she's kind of not, I guess it's almost like not like she's reluctant. She just almost doesn't believe him at first. Yeah. She says that all of her friends, like the other girl, Emily, Everybody are like Emily so much. And like she's Emily's just, a princess. She's the pretty one. Um, I don't know if, were you going to get to the voices? Um, remind me of the voices. Okay. So, um, you kind of find out after Michael has these interactions with all these people that they all are voiced by the same person. They all have the same voice. There's like a slight shift in, um, was it like falsetto? Like when it's like a female character, but it's the same voice actor doing all the voices until Lisa and Emily walk down the hallway and Lisa's voice is different. And this is what catches Michael's attention and why he's knocking through the doors because he's trying to find this new voice. Yeah, it, it's 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 not at all. It's Tom Noonan who voices everybody besides Michael and Lisa. And mm -hmm. um, 
it would be the equivalent of like, this is my normal voice. And then he would maybe use this kind of voice for anybody who was presenting female. And then that was just Mm -hmm. it. Like that was everybody else. Um, Yeah. I forgot that, but that is crucial to this. Um, Yes. That's a big part of it. So that's what I was like. I don't want to like overstep, but yeah. Yeah. I, I would have I gotten to the end and been like, oh, yeah, by the way. Um, <laughs> by the way, this whole theme. <laughs> yeah, this whole movie only has three people listed in the credits. Um, yeah. As far as, sorry, not in the credits, but the cast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> only three people worked on this movie. <laughs> yeah, it was a little tidy little thing. Probably, you know, like <laughs> two people just did it in a weekend. Um, After getting back to their hotel room, uh, a one of the probably more painfully... Uh, again, cringy, uncomfortable length scenes I've probably ever seen in a movie eventually culminates in Michael and Lisa uh, having sex. And mm-hmm. um, Michael wakes up from uh, that evening to a phone call from uh, the hotel staff who want to speak to him in their office. So he has to go deep down into the basements, the bellows of the hotel to speak to the uh, manager of the hotel who confesses his love to Michael. And then Michael is then (laughs) chased through the hotel uh, by everybody, just how much they love Michael. Everybody loves Michael. And he can't be with Lisa because they love him. Eventually he wakes up from this literal nightmare um, and is in bed with Lisa and they have breakfast and he makes the decision that he is going to, uh, leave his wife and be with Lisa. And in doing so, this ultimately makes Lisa turn into everybody else. She has the same voice and kind of the same face as all the yeah, Tom Noonan characters. It took me a lot longer to realize that one, but because like all their hairstyles are different, but they do also pretty much all have the same face to some degree. Yeah. Michael then has to give his speech of the convention, which is this. Uh, back and forth between, you know, the customer is always right and everybody who works in retail America are kind of uh, wage slaves to a bigger system and down with the government, not government, but down with corporations and stuff. Kind of goes back and forth between these two types of monologues. Um, and then, <coughs> nice. Um, I thought I muted it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> I literally hit the button. It's all good. Oh, um, after that, he goes home and sees his wife and son. Uh, son doesn't care about the Javanese sex toy that he bought for him. And the wife is like, oh, it's a surprise party, by the way. Ugh. Um, <laughs> There's all these people here. All these people at his house. And she's like, you're not going to leave me, right? And he's like, where would I go? Um. He then gets a letter from Lisa, who's like, I get it, basically. And um, am I forgetting anything? I think that's it. Yeah, so um, we see like Lisa writing the letter. Right. And she's in the car with Emily on their way back to where they're from. And, um, you know, she's like, I understand, like, what we had was beautiful. And we do see Emily, and she does have a unique face and a unique um, voice. So we kind of, at the very end, we see things not from Michael's perspective, but it's just for like 30 seconds. 
But that was Anomalisa. What did yeah. you think of this movie, Nick? I, again, had no idea what it was about going in. Um, it was kind of trippy, but I really liked it. I thought it was very well done. Good. That makes me, I'm glad to hear that. I, I, I enjoyed it. I really liked it. Again, uh, two other movies by Charlie Kaufman, Synecdoche, New York, and I'm thinking of ending things are probably two of my like all time favorite movies, like top 10. Um, and that probably played some aspect into the fact that like, I really liked this movie. It was probably my least favorite Charlie Kaufman movie. Um, not like because it was anything near like something I thought was bad. Just, I think that I think Charlie Kaufman, (laughs) it seems based on his movies, if his movies are remotely a reflection of him as a person, he's got some thoughts, some problems that he's working on. Um, (laughs) and I think that, I think that some of the ways that those problems were thought through in this movie, he's a little bit more successful later on, but incredible movie. Like it is really, really interesting movie. Yeah, I um I think maybe like I did a little bit of research on this movie. Um and I think maybe the, the like kind of disconnect and like why why those other movies were better was because it was originally a radio play mm. that they like animated. So it kind of has that feel of like you almost don't have to watch it. Like you could just listen to it and kind of get the like, you know. It's not like the whole movie experience, if that makes sense. Right. No, yeah, it's, um, I don't know if you're about to to get into this, but like, yeah, it, it, my understanding was that he like denied making this a movie for a long time. Yeah, he did not want to make it. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, well, first, do you, do you want to talk more about that or? No, that's not one of my points I had. <laughs> okay, well, just while we're on it, I, I was kind of curious, did you? You found that out afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. I did as well. And like, I've been kind of like, this is like almost separate from this movie. I, I've been interested in the idea of like how context plays into how I enjoy like stories and movies and stuff. I've recently yeah. watched a number of movies that, um, I, that I knew nothing about going into like a lot of short films that I just kind of, I'll, I will put on, knowing nothing shy of like title and length and I'll watch them. And, you know, sometimes, especially if they're like experimental or a little bit more abstract, I'm like, I don't really know what this is. This looks beautiful or what have you. And then I'll, I'll read the context or read the description and it'll completely change what I watched. But I'm like, well, but then where is the success in that? Like, is the success the synopsis blurb? I was just curious, like, do you wish you would have known that before watching it? Or, or I don't know. I was kind of, would love to get your thoughts on that. If you, if... Yeah, no, um, not necessarily. Like, I don't think, hmm, how do I say this? I don't think it would have changed how I enjoyed it. I actually think I would have liked it less if I knew that beforehand, Mm. because I feel like I would be so focused on trying to kind of pick that up and like imagine it as a radio play rather just enjoying it as it is. Mm. 
because I definitely like I'm the kind of person that I don't like to know a lot about the media I'm consuming before I do so. I like to just kind of experience it organically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I do think it has an effect and I, I think it can be good or bad. Uh, like I, I've had it where like I'll say um, the original like sui- Suicide Squad, for instance, like so many people said it was bad. And then I went into it being like, okay, this is an action movie that's just going to have a lot of action. Don't worry about the storyline. Just watch it. And I enjoyed it. I liked it because I like went into it with that in mind. So like I think in some instances, knowing something beforehand can help. But then I also think it can hinder. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it's like specifically like this one's kind of strange because this one's more of like a, like a factoid rather than like an element of the story. But I guess it all, it does really depend on like the type of context that, that can paint the things. Cause there are some, I don't know, again, like specifically like some of the short films I've been watching, it just, it just is like, I, there is a level of abstraction that knowing what it is I'm supposed to be watching can be enjoyed. I do yeah. think that you're absolutely right with, with Anomalisa being one that, to not know about this, to not know, you know, cause like I, you can't get back the feeling I got to have when he started to peel his face off. Like that was awesome. Like I, like, I was like, Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. What? Or that we, we didn't even talk about. There's a scene in his night. Cause that happens in the real world of this movie in the nightmare. He's running and his whole jaw falls off and we see the yeah. like mechanics behind the, uh, I assume behind the, the like puppet that, that is being stop motioned. Mm-hmm. Is that a verb? Anyway, <laughs> um, you had a couple things you want to talk about before I go on. Yeah. Um, so the big thing that I thought was really interesting and fun because I studied some of this stuff in um, college, but Michael Stone stays at the Fregali or Fregoli um, Hotel. And this is a reference to the Fregoli Delusion which is what Michael is experiencing. Hmm. It is a um, psychological condition where people come to believe that the people around them are actually other people in disguise. Mm. Hmm. So I thought that was super interesting um, because this is one that I was like, I kind of get it, but like not completely. So I was like, let's like do a little synopsis. And I guess this is something that um, Kaufman does because he also did it with the New York one. Oh, synecdoche? Yeah, because that's also a, a psychological condition. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was super interesting and it helped explain. I was like, wait, like, why did she turn into like, why is he only hearing one voice? Like, I don't really get that because like the voice and the face isn't like associated with another person in Michael's life. So I'm just like, who, who is this person? Like, is that the issue? Um, but no, it's just like this kind of generic dude almost um, that he was envisioning everyone as, and then him thinking they're all in love with him, like subconsciously it's all part of this delusion, this uh, psychological condition that some people have. Yeah. I um real quick you had mentioned about synecdoche um that, that like yeah a lot of Kaufman's work um maybe all of it um <laughs> has typically to do with with 
somebody experiencing some sort of mental stress of some type specific to a lot of conditions, um, such <laughs> as that. Um, I, I, I do know like, cause like for synecdoche, synecdoche is, uh, sorry, there's a weird noise. Um, synecdoche, uh, I, I don't think this is what you were saying, but I just to clarify the word synecdoche <laughs> is, is not a condition, right? That's not what you were. It's just that I know that because my understanding with synecdoche is like when you talk about a smaller part of a whole, like if you say like Chicago won the World Series, you don't actually mean the whole of Chicago won the World Series. You mean like the Chicago Cubs specifically is like, but I, I just, I, I don't think that's what you were saying. That's just what my brain heard. And let me look up how it was phrased. Cause I can't, cause I would like to know like what condition that's about. Um, sorry, we can cut this out. Yeah, no worries. Oh, no, it was um, the main character in Synecdoche. His last name, Cotterd, Cotterd is either the condition right. or, or yeah that is right i remember that yes oh no not siri i don't want siri go away um so yes no Syn synecdoche is not the condition the main character is like name his last name is the name of the condition yes and i think it's really interesting because he he tends to pick i think conditions that like he explores fully in these movies, but also like have symptoms that a lot of like most people also kind of suffer from like with Anomalisa, like that notion of like, I mean, it's like, it's part like imposter syndrome as well. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. like it, it, it ties in a lot with that and it's, it's like exploring it to its fullest thing, which is what was the name of the, the condition again for Anomalisa? Uh, for goalie, for goalie. delusion. Um, yeah, it's just interesting to like kind of tie back and forth, and um, I'm thinking of ending thing as as well. Absolutely, um, same thing. I don't know um, what all <laughs> would be going into that, or if there was one in, in particular. But um, gosh, I should watch that one again. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, real quick before you jump in. Cause you have another thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just real quick. I want to talk about how this movie looks. Um, it mm -hmm. looks, I mean like this is like some of the best stop motion I've ever seen doing some of the most mundane, boring things I've ever seen. <laughs> but then also I have never seen so much animated flaccid penis in my whole life. Very true. Very true. Um, there was a lot of that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, like there were some scenes I was kind of convinced that they had like actors put on like almost like paper mache style, like head pieces and like walk mm -hmm. around. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but like, I was just like looking at this, like, how is this so fluid? Um, yeah. And, uh, and just so like real in the way that like he captured the like weirdly mundane stuff of a lot of things. Um, that you just normally would like 
kind of miss out. Like when they're in the elevator after they're drunk and Lisa's like, I just like pushing the buttons. I'm a, I'm a button pusher. And that's just my thing that I like to push the button. And I'm like, that's, I have had that conversation with somebody at some point in my yeah. life. Um, yeah. I, um, but this movie just looks outstanding. There was a scene, a very mundane scene that I super appreciated. It was, he was taking a shower and it's a hotel shower. And as we all know, you don't know how to work a hotel shower. So it's either super freaking hot or super freaking cold. So it's him being like, ow, ow, it's hot, it's hot. And he's like trying to like get in there to make it colder, but you have to go into the hot water to turn it down. So it was a good minute or two of him just trying to get the right temperature. And I really appreciated that because that is a relatable human experience. No, absolutely. Absolutely. <sighs> what a trip. Um, yeah, but what's your, what, what's your next thing, man? What, what else you got? So my next one is, um, a theory that I read, which is very interesting. That... Can I, can I request then? Is it like the theory as to like what's going on in the movie? Um, kind, kind, yes, kind of. Yes. Can I, can I then share, like, can I share my theory before you share that one? Cause like, yes, for sure. Okay, for cool. sure. I, I am of the belief that this is like, again, I think a lot of different stuff is at play here. So like I, one side of it, I feel like is like Kaufman writing a, a type of story about how like we kind of almost static tune out the people in our lives if they're there too long or if they've been there for a while, like how we kind of take people for granted. Um, mm -hmm. And I think specifically, I think that there is a kind of commonality in men where, you know, you like he, he finds this woman and he finds these like two qualities, really like one quality. It's her voice. He loves her voice. Michael loves Lisa's voice. And after he like, conquers quote unquote her and like, I mean that in like the sense of they paint Lisa in this movie in a very like, to me like sexist way, but I believe that's intentional. Like mm -hmm. she is like infatuated with Michael to the point yeah. that it's, it's embarrassing. It is, it is uncomfortable how self-conscious and much she just assumes that Michael is, you know, God walking on earth. Um, mm -hmm. and the fact that Michael takes advantage of that and sleeps with her is yeah. awful. It, like Michael mm -hmm. is not a good person in this. <laughs> and like, I think that that was kind of like somewhat of a narrative being told of how like, you know, there is a commonality in like men, I think, especially as they get older, um, that don't confront a lot of things where they just tend to like, they're like, ah, I, everybody else's they're all secondary characters in my life and I need to find the, the new thing, the new person to kind of breathe life into life into that. But it's, it's a choice to see people as less than, um, I feel like that was something that was being conveyed. That's my theory and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, no, that's, um, this is not the theory I wanted to share, but I was, there were like that about like how we treat people, you know, in general, especially in like the customer service industry, like mm -hmm. it talks a lot about how we put on this mask of, hi, how can I help you today? Like this fake persona. Um, 
And then also there was like, like some mention of a reoccurring theme of like technology failing. So mm. like his key fob to his room oh my God. stops working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was another like mundane thing. <laughs> Hyper real, like the, oh my God, the scanning. Yeah, he scans the key like beep, beep. Yeah, so good. Sorry. Yeah, it's like that. And then like the shower, like not working right. Um, when he goes to order room service, there's like three buttons that all pretty much say the same thing. It's like a picture of someone with food. And so he has to like figure out which one to press. Um, there's some, oh, the, like the vibrating dildo, like falling off the chair or the counter. Um, I didn't see that one as much, but basically just like we, like we, how much we rely on technology and like mechanical things and um, kind of take it for granted. Um, but <laughs> the theory I wanted to talk about, because I thought this was very interesting, um, it, and interesting in the way that like it could kind of unravel the whole movie if it's true. <laughs> and there's no confirmation that this is true. But the theory is, is that Lisa is the Japanese sex doll. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I would. I was like all ready for anything I could be prepared for. No, I didn't, didn't, uh, wasn't prepared for that one. Please go on. Yeah. So, um, a couple of things happen between Michael and Lisa that we didn't really discuss. Um, Lisa has kind of like an emo side swoop a little bit. And we find out it's because her right eye is like very significantly scarred. And she's very self-conscious of it. And that's kind of why she doesn't believe Michael. She's like, well, I'm ugly. Like, no one would love me because I look like this. So, like, there's no way you want me to go back to your room with you. Like, that's just not true. Um, and he he actually asks if he can kiss her on her scar, which is, you know, kind of icky. And she is like, oh, you're a pervert. Like, I'm, I'm going to leave. And he's like, no, like, I just, I like you. And, you know, he, he doesn't really say it, but, like, I understood it as like, I just want you to show, like, I want to show you that I don't care. And I don't know how else to do that because I'm stupid. <laughs> um, but so there's that. And then he loves her voice. So he has her sing Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun for him. Um, but then he's like, just like, as they start kind of getting physical, he's like, just keep talking. Just tell me about your day. Tell me about you. And she talks about, um, some artist does a version of girls we want to have fun girls just want to have fun in italian and so she sings a little bit of the italian for him and he's like oh yeah like tell me more tell me more and she talks about all the languages she likes and like would like to learn and wants to learn and at one point she says oh obviously japanese and it's like very strange that she said obviously japanese because like no one's mentioned japan or japanese like up to this point so that's one of the theories I think is where it kind of comes from because this antique Japanese sex doll has a scarred right eye. It's worn down and like broken in that same exact spot. She said, obviously Japanese. And that's the only other reference to Japan we have in this movie. Um, and then when he brings it home, <laughs> and gifts it to his son it's off camera but the son says dad what is this liquid coming out of um this doll and 
Michael's wife says, it looks like semen. And this is an antique doll that's been there for years. So the only way there could be fresh semen in there is if Michael had recently used it. I love it. I, <laughs> I thought I disconnected. Um, no, I love it. It's um, that, like if if that's not true, like and, and I don't think they'll like I. From my understanding with Kaufman, like he will never would never yeah he'll say never it. confirm it yeah yeah. But um, if like if it's not true, I mean this the similarities have to be intentional. Like there's no, I I did not pick up on that at all. Um, But yeah, absolutely. Like he treated her like an object anyway, you know, Mm -hmm. he treated her like a little toy that he like, cause again, that's where it like comes back to like everything she said was like the ultimate, like not ultimate, but like a male fantasy of just like, Oh, I'm just your biggest fan. And I'm like, just like, like, and, and Yeah. No, I love that. That's that's why I, that's why I love his movies so much. Like, yeah, uh, Synecdoche is uh, a lot more dark. So is I'm thinking of ending things. If the title mm-hmm. didn't allude to that, um, but <laughs> um, oh man, I, if if you enjoy that aspect, like of like picking through movies like that, like this, <laughs> I his all of these movies. I mean, could be talked about. I mean, I could talk about them for hours. Synecdoche. <laughs> <laughs> is one of the most joyous, like mind scratching movies because it's saying a lot with like so little. And then on top of it, uh, I mean, Philip Seymour Hoffman's outstanding in it. Um, and then also too adaptation. Have you ever seen adaptation with Nicolas Cage? No, I don't think so. Oh dude. No, <laughs> oh, dude, it's so good. Um, <laughs> it's uh, Charlie Kaufman wrote that one. And Spike Jones directed it. It is like just a quick lowdown on it. Nicolas Cage is playing Charlie Kaufman, who is being hired to write the movie that this movie is based on in the movie. And it's like, oh, okay, I haven't seen it, but I, I know of this movie. So good. And, and, and like, there's so many layers to like all of those movies where you, oh, there's also being John Malkovich, which is a trip into itself. Just like little morsels of like <laughs> eating all the different sides yeah. of these movies. Oh, so good. Now I want to watch all of his stuff. <laughs> um, so there is like another like little bit of theory that trails off of that theory, which the name of the movie is Anomalisa. Mm-hmm. And this is because Lisa really likes the word anomaly and she didn't know what it meant before reading Michael's book. So she's like, Oh, anomaly. I really like that word anomaly. And he kind of, flirtatiously calls her Anomalisa and she's like, Oh, I love that. Please call that me, call me that forever. Um, and so at the end, when she's writing her letter, she says that she looked up like, uh, Anomalisa in, in Japanese, which means goddess of heaven. And she's like, not that I'm saying I'm a goddess of heaven or anything. I just thought it was like really pretty or like whatever. And just wanted to share that with you. Like she's even like awkward in her (laughs) letter. (laughs) Um, but people say that that may allude to Michael being in purgatory and he's kind of doomed to like find these people. So like Bella, his wife, Donna, and then Lisa and like fall in love with them, but then lose them to the crowd, the delusions, the people in disguise or whatever. And like, that's his 
personal hell, basically. But that one didn't have too much more to support that. But <laughs> again, I mean, just all the more reason. I just love the fact that you can pick these movies apart and, um, yeah. Um, this is like, I could not be more out of left field with this comment. I just, I want to, <laughs> I want to say it real quick. Um, yeah. cause as we're wrapping up here, um, so Nick, do you have your, your camera on where you can see yourself? Yes. It looked like you're wearing a tiny little top hat. You're a little microphone. <laughs> <It does. laughs> oh my gosh, that's so good. Can I take can I take a screen cap real quick? Yes, please. Okay. I, I was whew, I was like trying not to think about it every time. I was like <laughs> like I'm like I'm legit sincerely listening, but I was just like, I was wearing a tiny little top hat. Tilt it off to the right. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, good, good flick. Uh, I'm glad we watched this. I'm glad you didn't watch it on a plane. Um, yeah, I will say for anyone wanting to watch this, even though we already spoiled it a bunch, um, that sex scene is long. Is (laughs) I so so funny watching it. Um, did you watch it with Ty? Did you watch? No. Um, I watched it with Donna. It was just funny. Like I was watching it and like at that point in the movie, like my mouth is like a gape because I'm, I'm watching again. I'm like blown <laughs> away by how Lisa was written in this movie. Like I could go on for days about how I hope intentionally awful that they wrote that character, like in a good way. I don't know. Anyway, but like I like looked over and it was just funny as like <laughs> Donna made this point, like our whole family was on the couch, like me, Donna and our two cats. And Donna <laughs> could not be trying to move herself away further from the screen. Of just this, like, <laughs> like, because it is so, and like all the cats are like with them and like just pulled away, and it is, oh, it is such a long scene. Don't watch this with children. Um, yeah, if you set it at the top, is not for kids, not for kids. Also, don't watch it with your parents. It's not. Don't watch yeah. it with anybody. Yeah. No, watch it with people, but just just be warned. Is that is that it? I think that might be it. I think I think so. Um, that's been Anomalisa, uh, which leads us to the month of December for War 2022, which means we're watching Balto. We're watching Balto. I cannot tell you after Helen back and Anomalisa, I'm ready for Balto. I'm ready for some good, clean fun, man. <laughs> yeah, goodness gracious, we need we need to make certain. I feel like for next year, no matter. Like, unless everybody submits a bunch of adult animated stuff and then we'll deal with that accordingly. But, um, it was, make sure we space out the heavier yeah. kind of <laughs> movies. Yeah. Maybe just look at the ratings at least and like make sure those are spaced out a bit. Yeah. Cause like that was two like not rated films in a row. Yeah. Woof. But that does lead us to the fact that we are getting to the end of the year here. So if there is an animated movie that you, the listener would like us to, um, to watch in the 2023 year, let us know, send us an email, uh, 2d or two, uh, not to D cast. Wow. Whoops. Let me try that one again. Okay. I usually do this part. So you're sad. Yeah. You're you, uh, 2d or not to D cast at gmail.com. Uh, we're also uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Reach out to us anywhere or Anchor. 
Uh, send us a voicemail on Anchor. Let us know what you thought about the movies we talked about or if there's a movie you want us to watch. Uh, if you could let us know by uh, the 1st of December, that would be great because after that, um, we'll start. Like, we'd like to, I'd like to be able to, on the December episode, talk about what we're going to watch the following year. Yes. Um, we also don't do this, but I would like to ask uh, if you're listening, um, if you wanted to leave us a review on iTunes, that would be cool. Um, yeah, that would be a super nice, friendly thing for you to do. Um, or you know, any way you'd like to leave us a review, but iTunes is cool too. Um, that would be cool of you. <laughs> Anything else, man? I, I don't, I can't think of anything else. We said all the handles. We talked about the next movie. We talked about the plan. Um, I did an accent, so I think we're good. Yeah, I'm looking at my checklist here. Um, and uh, stop motion sex scene, check. Uh, yeah. Tiny top hat somewhere in the podcast, check. Nick doing an accent. It's it's all good. Now creepy sounds coming from my apartment hallway. That's our, that's our signal. Um, Having to stop because of an animal, check. Check. Perfect. Um, Me burping into the mic thinking it's muted. Check. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, We'll be back next month on the 25th. My name is Brandon. My name's Nikki. Be sure to tune in next time.